Hello, Maverick fans. Welcome to another edition of the Mav Puck Cast. Hi, John. Hi. November greetings from the Mav Puck Cast. We're already into November. We're into November. It's time for turkey prep. Yep. And Black Friday sales. I've already seen Christmas stuff on sale, so blatant apparently we're getting rid of all that stuff. Blatant commercialism. I still, it, it still shocks me when these stores put out Christmas decorations and it's not even Halloween yet. That's crazy. Like, it's just, let me, let me be. Like, I'm not ready for that. It's crazy because for certain years, I'm like a, you know, outdoor decorating fiend depending on how the weather is right around Thanksgiving when I decorate. But you can go in September and start, you know, buying those Christmas inflatables at places like Lowe's. So I have seen people in our neighborhood put up their Christmas lights already. It's crazy. Yeah. First person to turn them on is going to get their house egged. I didn't even, I didn't even decorate for Halloween this year. Bridget put out a Halloween inflatable day of, and some years I put out, you know, we've got, uh, pumpkin Chinese lanterns and inflatables and orange Jeez. lights and do all that. And this year I just... See, I would it, have expected you to be someone who goes all out with that, though. You would or wouldn't? I would have, because you're I would. Normally the I do. I and... know. Yeah, we go to Vala's every Sunday. So, yeah, I don't know what happened. It's I, I think I told you in a, via text like a week or two ago that I just... I feel like I've lost a month. Ever since we came back from that uh, inbound conference... <laughs> In Boston with you and Jolene, I just feel like the year is just, you know, quickly eroding. So that is, uh, I remember my first time going to that conference and I will say it is definitely one of those like just energy draining conferences. It's so good. There's so much going on, but, and you just go like a hundred miles an hour for that full week and then you're just like, yeah. Oh, I'm dead. You're running around from session to session, learning about marketing, you know, digital email, communication, yeah. and, analytics. Mean, the whole gamut. Of, oh, yeah. The whole gamut of yeah. marketing and sales. But you literally, like, you have no time to go to the bathroom. You <laughs> yeah, don't. Right? Bridget and I were talking about that. They're like, they need, like, more little, like, longer breaks in between because the line at the restroom is, it's crazy. Yeah. Because you have, like... 10 minutes to do it. And... Well, and not only do they have it at the Boston Convention Center, but then they have it at Jason Hotel. So you may be running, yeah. you know, blocks to get to your next session. So it's quite the, it I, is. I'm sorry to, to drain the life out of you. No, it's great. I, we but go I did to, enjoy having you there. We, yeah, we go to a professional conference every year and I really enjoyed that one. I was mentioning to Bridget the other day how, how much I like that one. And we have it's... actually mentioned that in some of our client materials with some of the stuff that we do. So we had a really good time at that. So good. I don't know why we're talking about the marketing conference. Right I know now. we're I'm not talking about hockey. I have no idea. I just, we're just lamenting, lamenting the fact that the year is slipping away from us. We're warming the car up before we go into the sled that's, of that, regular season hockey. That's right. But we don't have very many bye weeks now. No, we don't. But the team's four, one and one. So you got to be excited about that. Who would have thought? They basically won you al- because almost... you picked them like fifth. I picked them fifth, yeah. Or Maddie because she picked them to win the national title. <laughs> so me and your youngest daughter, so, uh, yeah. Are the the optimist of? I mean, you're an optimist, but she's got you like. Hey, they're underwater. Four, they're on four that, one so. and one. They're four one and run one right now. So yeah, they are, and we are thrilled about that. Yeah, we're very excited about that. 
because they're quality wins too. They are. You know, it's not it's not like you're out there playing a bunch of teams that are expected to be at the bottom of the heap. I mean, you got a nice warm up against Huntsville. We had a good test when we went to Ohio State. That was a good win in that split that we got out there at Ohio State. Mm-hmm. And Alaska, look, I understand that, you know, Anchorage and Fairbanks, you know, may not end up being the highest ranked teams at the end of the season, but it's tough to go to Alaska and have success. I mean, it just it throws me off, and I'm sitting at home watching, so I can't imagine what it's like for guys out there competing on the yeah, ice. Yeah, and we talked about that, the the lateness here of, you know, watching the games and stuff. The the fact that it's a Thursday-Friday, not Friday-Saturday, that changes a lot of things. Your schedule's thrown off as far as your prep week. It was nice that we had the, the bye week heading into it. Um, but it, I met, Joel and I, when we were driving, I, I mentioned how odd it like felt because I don't, it, it just should be Saturday and because the hockey game's on and yeah that's what we do Friday and Saturday nights yeah we watch the the stream or it's like the whole weekend I've been off a day and it's just yeah all because too. hockey screwed me up it's weird and then we had that weird hour change with daylight savings so. yeah which helps sometimes i could use it all. sometimes it helps yeah <laughs> when you although when tonight like me, if, so. tonight if i go to bed at 11 o'clock it's gonna be midnight so this is gonna throw me off for weeks now so <laughs> you'll be playing catch up just pick a time and keep it that way is my attitude on the topic find something and stick to it right yeah <laughs> so mavericks went up to anchorage played thursday friday yep came away i thought with Two pretty good games. Yeah. Uh, you li- you watched the game Thursday. You watched the game live, right? Yep. And because of stuff that we were doing, I actually listened to that game on the radio, and I didn't get a chance to watch it until... When was that? That was Friday night is when I watched both games um, on a replay on Reddit. And so... I know, Reddit. Don't laugh. Listen to nothing that he says. Yeah, listen. Listen to what Bridget puts in her series previews as to watching it. Don't yeah, because then everybody's going to be going to Reddit looking for stuff, and then I've got to get on here and I've got to give a disclaimer. Listen to nothing that Jason says. I completely disavow him. Yes, but we watched a weird person like myself to. We watched it on Flow Sports, and. You which know, is which is where the WCHA had, games are carried. I have to say, until you had mentioned it before the Ohio State series, I had never heard of Flow Sports. I had heard of it because obviously we follow like a couple thousand different accounts, and mm-hmm. almost all of them are hockey. And so you always see that the WCHA games are on Flow Sports. I wasn't exactly sure what it was. I assumed it was some streaming service like NCHC TV. TV. But mm-hmm. as we mentioned uh, in episode before last of the podcast, they stream a ton of sports. Yeah. All different kinds. So anyway, yes, I did watch it. Um, I was a little bit worried when Alaska scored first. That quick goal. That quick goal. And UNO did not look great in that first period. And that is pretty common of teams that go up to Alaska. There's just seems to be that jet lag that they're all that they all have to deal with. Yeah. And it was it was kind of ugly hockey that period. And I kind of chalked it up to um, 
the travel and obviously you're playing at a, a road venue that you don't typically play at. So the coaches right. are unfamiliar with it. The players are unfamiliar with it. I don't know. It was one of those things. I, I, I guess I wasn't worried at that point, but it was, uh, I will say just in general that Anchorage was a more game team. I thought this weekend, or I guess it really wasn't this weekend on third last Thursday and Friday. Then they were when they came in and played um, at the Baxter Arena last season. Yeah. So they they were a, it was a fairly competitive series and it was a, yeah. a close series all weekend for you and It'll be interesting to see in the coming week if Coach talks about this, but I think that the Mavericks showed a nice level of competition that last year I didn't think we had. No. Last year's team in the situation that we were in on Thursday night where you had a bad period, you didn't play well, uh, you were down one nothing. Last year it seemed like we would have just kind of turtled and rolled over. We would have turtled and rolled over. They would have taken some dumb emotional penalty. Mm-hmm. They would have gotten down two goals and that would have been it. And we would have struggled to come back. Yeah. You know, but instead they came out and I thought they played a much better Second period. They looked a and, lot better in the second period. You know, that's the interesting thing that you say about the first, because like I said, I listened to it on the radio. Right. And I know we you know, we want to talk a little bit about like live hockey and the difference between watching it on TV and live. And right. I think this is a good time to kind of bring in the different dynamics because you thought that they had a down period yeah. in that first one. And listening on the radio, like, I got the feeling that they were struggling, but not that it was really that bad. Like, they were just, like, things weren't really bouncing their way, and it was okay. We, you know, we were we were doing things right, and, and everything's okay. And then I watched it on Friday night, and I'm going, literally thinking, did I, did I click on the wrong game? Isn't that crazy? Because it was yeah. really weird. I'm like, I'm just watching it going, they're not, they didn't look good to me at all. And nothing like I thought that, It just wasn't the expectation that I had in my head from listening to it on the radio. And I think that's a, you know, that's a struggle for for broadcasters, right? Yeah. Like, how do I portray what I'm seeing in a manner that's accurate, but also not like overly negative, I guess? Exactly. How do I paint a picture with words to properly convey what's going on? And because you're listening to a game, you know, if you're a person that's, doing play-by-play or color commentary you want to make it exciting make it interesting for the people listening and sometimes that might change the perception of what's going on in a period it's it's very very funny because i got to tell you i have a lot a much different perception watching a game live than i do going back and watching you know either the highlights or the replay of the game it just it feels like a completely different experience and so I always, I'm, I'm always kind of wary of these podcasts right after a series that is on, on the, the road series, right? because it's just, it's hard to get a feel and some of those streams are not that great and you, some of them you don't get to see replays of stuff. And so you're just, it's, it's just, it's a emotionally and, and kind of mentally, it's a very different feel watching those games. Yeah. And then this is kind of the, the, it's like the song, you know? The radio killed the, or the video killed the radio star and then internet killed the video star. Yeah. And we're just going to go down the list. (laughs) But it's very much, it's a different atmosphere when it's live. You know, when we're able to go to Baxter and see 
the guys play. You know, obviously they play different, but you know, being a part of the atmosphere, I think, even if you go on the road and travel, because I know you've done that yeah. uh, with the Mavericks and stuff, and I've done that with, with plenty of teams and, and gone and seen them play in someone else's building, it, it's totally different than listening to them on the radio or watching them on TV. Part of me wonders, too, sitting here thinking about what we're talking about, I'm like, I know so many people, and maybe it's a baseball thing, but I see it in other sports, but they, I know so many people that will bring in a radio, you know, back in the old days. Yeah. Like an AM, FM kind uh-huh. of thing. Um, and now, you know, people use like TuneIn or something or, or um, Heart Radio and listen to the broadcasters while they're watch- they're at the game watching the game. Yeah. And I always think like, how weird? Is that weird to them? It seems weird to me because... No, I've had friends who've done that. They listen to the radio broadcast while they're watching the UNO hockey game. And I think... I don't know. I think there's something kind of cool about that. You get, and maybe, maybe that's a better experience. Maybe we need to try that. I know. I probably do. Cause honestly, I can't ever remember in any sport. I don't, sport I don't know that I, I don't feel like I'd want to stream it because I feel like the delay would be annoyingly off from sitting there in the arena, watching it live. So I feel like I, I'd I actually know. want to get like a, I need to dig up and see if I have an old Sony Walkman. Yeah. And tune in 1180 on the radio if I can get it in that mental metal monstrosity that is Baxter Arena and listen to, you know, Donnie Barnes and Terry Leahy call the game because maybe that would be a great experience. Yeah. Maybe we're missing all kinds of little interesting tidbits about the team. Well, I think that's the part that I, I would like is you get that color commentary kind of thing. Yeah. You know, you get the, you get the backstories and uh, I thought that Leahy did a really good job with the intermission interviews. You know, he talked to yeah. some of the players, and I found that really interesting. And that's something that, sadly, I haven't really paid much attention to in past games because I I usually go for like I want to see it. So I'm not the like I'm not the radio kind of guy. It's it's crazy when you think about that because I think back to the early years of the program when there were no video streams of the road games, and that's what we did every Friday and Saturday night during hockey season when UNO was on the road. Bridget and I would sit and listen to those games, and right. and I think you got a, a a kind of a deeper and a, a more sort of three-dimensional perspective of the team that you just don't get when you're listening to a stream from the road with the other team's commentators. You get some interesting tidbits about those teams, but you feel like you're missing something. You feel like you're missing the part of the component that you're really interested in, which is your team. And they can offer those interesting anecdotes. Obviously, Terry's been around since the beginning of the program, so he has the, you know, historical knowledge to be able right. to do that. But but yeah, I, I agree with you. And and obviously we didn't mean to segue too much on that, but it is. It's so hard to talk about those games because the perception watching them on the stream, it's just different. And and I think we've been to Bridget and I've been to like 70 some odd UNO hockey games on the road. Right. And it's just a, it's a different experience. And the cool thing about watching hockey in person is that you can you can look at the entire ice sheet while you're doing it. So there are things that you see that you don't see when a camera is following the puck around the ice. Right. All right, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna throw something that's off the script here at you in this discussion. Great, we're kind of off the script anyway. Great, we're so. kind of off the script anyway. Who cares? Okay. Um. All right. Do you think that? Do you think we could ever get to the point where UNO does an intermission interview with 
cabinet or one of the assistant coaches or on a player just I mean if they've got Leahy doing it why not let him interview one of the guys in the hallway outside the locker room broadcast it on the jumbotron because I know NHL clubs do that and and we'll we'll see those on on broadcasts of games on the road we'll see that you know whoever the rinkside reporter is will pull one of the players or pull one of the assistants aside and kind of get their impressions. We see that in football too when yeah. they're going off the off the field at halftime. Right. So no, I think that that would be I think that'd be, be really cool, cool to have that on the jumbotron. Yeah. Lester St. James is down there. Have him, you know, yeah. Ask one of the coaches a few questions about the period. Yeah. I I think it'd be really interesting. You know, we talk about the color commentary yeah. that you get on the radio that you don't get live, that you don't get when you're watching on TV kind of thing. I think that'd be a great thing just to push the NCHC feed, give them something because so much when we watch outside broadcasts and stuff, you get to that intermission and there's just nothing to watch for like yeah. 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. It's like, and sometimes there's dead air. You just see yeah. the Zamboni driving around. And and like, and they leave their mics on and then you're hearing them talk about like dinner and stuff and it's really kind of comical. I mean, it's pretty funny. It's like a comedy show sometimes. I'll tell you uh, what. Jay, they really Jay, should turn their mics Jay off. Jay Stickney, who does the, <laughs> who does the radio broadcast of the Denver university Uh hockey games oh he's the best (laughs) he's the best there was one of the broadcasts this was a couple years ago and he's like yeah he's like all the uno fans are uh watching so i'm just i'm just tossing up one-liners to to get him going so he he like he like knew who he was listening to so man (laughs) i love that guy but but yeah so anyway back to the series all right uh, fine get us back on topic i'll tell you what in the weekly critique this is this is coming out it's coming out on the podcast so anyway, we got off to a rough start. I thought they rebounded nicely the second period on yep. Thursday night. Got the lead back. Yep. Third period was back and forth. Yeah. That was one where I was kind of expecting him to take charge of the game in the third period, but Anchorage stuck with him. Uh, it helps being at home, for sure. But Joey Abate, who's proven to be a clutch goal scorer this season, in the early part of the season... He gets the game winner. His third, if I remember them saying right on the radio. Yeah, is that his third game winner? I think Isn't that, that, crazy? Said that was his third game winner. I haven't gone back to check the stats to verify the radio people, but I'm pretty positive. Well, he had a game. Third. He had game winner in the Saturday night game at Ohio State. Yeah. And that's the one I remembered. I was trying to remember which other one he had then. He must have had one against Huntsville. Yeah, now let's look here. Well, um, well, yeah. I technically yes. I mean, they we beat Huntsville um, five to nothing on October twelfth, and he scored the first goal. So I guess that would be the game-winning goal. That's always a weird one. When Isn't you that the weird? Game, yeah, like, that always that always throws me off. The game-winning goal comes 30 seconds into the game. <laughs> yeah, it comes in the first period. So, yep, Abate. And I will tell you, on the in the Saturday night, or excuse me, I'm going to get Friday, Saturday confused. In the Friday night game. The real Friday night or the Thursday, the Friday night? No, no, no. The actual, the Friday, actual night Friday night game, game. at yeah. Anchorage. Um, he very nearly in that overtime period. He had what looked like a really good opportunity to right. score, and he kind of whiffed on the puck a little bit. But that 
that very easily could have been a game-winning goal for him in overtime. So he's proven to be a clutch player. Yeah, we ever get to we get to an overtime game again, and someone says, "Who do you, who's your pick to win it?" I'm gonna pick him probably every Bate, time. Now. Yeah, we haven't had a guy like that for a couple seasons. It's been a while. Ortega Pope. really was the Pope. Or, Pope and Ortega. Pope were really and Ortega the, are the two I remember yeah. that seemed to be really clutch. Mm-hmm. So it's nice to have that back. It, like, and he seems to thrive in that role. And he really does. Yeah, that's a good thing. So should we do players of the weekend? Would you like to? Yeah, let's do players. I of the think weekend. that's a good lead. I will yours. say, I will say that the to me the tie was kind of tough on Friday night because I thought that they could win that game. And again, credit where credit is due. Anchorage played well. Played well. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, our standout player of the series. I'm going yours. with the player we were just talking about, which is Joey Abate. I think that's a good pick, obviously, just considering the weekend he had and you know where he sits on the team scoring wise. Yep. His season started out his career here at UNO starting started out, really out well. well. Yeah. Not a statistical giant yet, but as the season wears along, I think he could be. And you need that go to guy late in the game if the score is close to get you a goal. And I think he's gonna be that guy, so I'm I'm pretty excited about that. I'm going to take Weiss. Yeah, Tyler Weiss. Uh, yeah. And I know I know there's going to be comments. Tech with you all. I don't care. Uh, Jason's favorite player. Uh, yeah. Had a breakout performance Friday night at Anchorage. You know, but before that, like, I thought he played really well on Thursday. He did. Uh, like, top to bottom. He was, he was one of the players that I, when I went back and... Because I didn't really get this on the radio broadcast. Again, like a lot of this comes from me going back and kind of watching it with my own eyes. Okay. When I went back and watched it, uh, I felt like even though he wasn't productive in the first, I was, he seemed to be very even keel. He seemed to be on his game, just kind of not getting the bounces at that point in time. Yep. And then he gets the assist. And so he's he's on the board and he just continued to really seem to kind of move play along i thought yeah uh and that i think is what the mavericks need from him is is he is a he's a playmaking type of guy and i think that we need more of him kind of driving the bus as they used to say uh and and carrying that puck and doing and then you his hands on the friday night game i mean the the goal where he goes through the legs and around that back end up over is just sick that was a and wicked goal yeah that that was uh, that was pretty sweet uh so yeah so i think that he had a really good weekend and and hopefully that's the start of something long term i him. hope so because we were saying if they can ever figure out how to kind of integrate him into this you know offense in a way right in a way that makes a difference he yeah could if they could find a... some chemistry between him and alignment and for a while there it seemed like uh him and primu had some chemistry um i don't know what drove kind of changing that around or or mixing that up but you know he seems to have found a new place yeah and and seems to be producing which it seems like he's starting to kind of get his stride yeah and his confidence yeah and that's coming and so that's always a thing for a hockey player like you have to know you're going to do something yeah 
Because if you think you can do it, you, you usually can't. Yeah. Oh, so. he's a he's a terrific puck handler. So yeah. if they can if they can find a way to, like I said, integrate him into the offense. Yep. You know, and you know, get him productive. He's going to be a great player down the stretch. So I was I was really hoping my fingers were crossed that he was going to get the hat trick on Friday night. It didn't <laughs> quite happen, but but like you said, that goal was that goal was sick. So that was pretty nice. So we talked a little bit about the difference between watching and listening and all that stuff. Yeah. And I think that leads us into a good next topic. The press conferences. We've we've had one. Yeah, apparently. So, so the people listening out there, normally the team does a Tuesday weekly media availability where Coach Gabinette and then two of the players answer media questions at Baxter Arena. And last season, those were broadcast live on Twitter via Periscope. Right. Which meant fans could watch all of the questions and all of the comments from the coach and the players mm-hmm. each week. In addition to hockey, they would include the other sports that were playing at that time. So basketball, volleyball, if they if their season was still going on, um, and there were other sports included. So it was kind of a nice way for fans to kind of catch up with their team during the middle of the week. I enjoyed it. I know you enjoyed it. Lots of fans enjoyed it. If you look at the stats on those things, a lot of people watch them. Um, last season, when I decided to redo Mav Puck, I made the decision to kind of include those because a lot of people would ask, do they do live press conferences? And I was like, well, they do the Tuesday weekly media availability. Right. So one of the things that I wanted to do was I wanted to kind of highlight those and showcase that they did them. So I would transcribe what the coaches and players said. Right. And I would include that in the blog on Mav Puck. And then I would say, if you want to watch the weekly media availability in its entirety, because you might want to watch basketball and those other sports, click here. And so I would link to that, which was kind of nice. Because it was archived, so you can go back and watch it. Yeah, because Twitter, it's hard to find stuff, because Twitter's very much here one moment, gone the next. uh, There are certain things I love about Twitter, and there are other things I... It's like anything else. It's great for some things. It's 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 not good for other things. And for archival, I, I think, I think like long discussions and archiving anything, I think it's a terrible... Right. It's a terrible platform for that. So I wanted to have those on hand because you and I would reference those in the podcast. Right. I would reference those in other blog posts. It was a great way to learn about the team and see where the coaches and the players were at. And this year, they have not done that. Right. And I don't know why. Like, it used to be that I'd watch it every week. Yeah. And they don't do the videos. And now I'm just like, I feel like I should be watching something. What should I be? I should be watching something, and I don't remember what it was. And now I'm like, yeah, that's what I that's what I used to watch every week, and I don't get a chance to watch it anymore. I don't know. I don't know if it's just that they've got because I know that they have some new staff doing the video this season and, yeah. and involved with that. I don't know if it's just they haven't geared up and done that yet. But the one press conference that we did see, it was just like two minutes of highlights and normally those things last about 15 minutes when they interview coach Gabinet and the two players and here we didn't we haven't gotten anything right. beyond just some highlights and i know they do that for post game pressers too they'll just put some highlights of coach Gabinet and the two players that talk after each game and i would love for example with the post game pressers if they would 
do those live on Periscope as well because I it's it's like Scott Frost after a right. Nebraska Cornhusker football game. I like to hear what the coach has to say. You know, non-edited, unadulterated right. content. And I don't think technology-wise, it's not a complicated thing. There's plenty of software out there that makes it pretty easy. It's not that difficult to bring an audio and video together. And to stream it out, you just need a decent internet connection. Oh, absolutely. And and keep in mind, and for those who don't know, the at uh, Omaha Vid account on Twitter actually broadcasts full games live mm-hmm. of the non-hockey sports. So they broadcast basketball games, volleyball games. It's kind of a neat way um, to bring your sports to fans who wouldn't otherwise be able to watch it it's a free way to do it yeah and so it's it's great but no and we were at a we were a a youth tournament uh, this weekend for my daughter and we were just outside of sioux falls and in sioux falls the 16 team the u16 team Uh was playing in a tournament as well and it was really interesting because at one point in time we were sitting at the rink watching their game because we couldn't drive there in time and that stuff. And the rink that they were at and the tournament they were at were broadcasting the games on, I want to say it was on YouTube. I was going to say, was it YouTube or Facebook Live? I don't think it was Facebook. I'll have to ask Jolene because it was on her phone. She was watching. But in any case, I mean, they were streaming it live so you could watch it. And it was it's youth hockey. But I think... For me, the, the reasons to do it are the same. You know, you want people to be able to see it. You want to give access to your program. You want the visibility for the program. Um, you know, I think that trust of media outlets has been eroding over the past few years. And people just feel better when I can see it myself and interpret it myself and make my own opinion. Well, my feeling is technology allows UNO or other, any other entity to put their content online and take it directly to the consumer. Right. And so my feeling is as much of that as you can do, you should be doing. Which is why I like NCHC TV is because right. it's the league saying, look, we've got good content. We've got great teams that play good hockey and we're going to push that out and give you access to that for a nominal fee. Exactly. And in addition to the games, they have other team content right. on NCHC TV. For, for example, the Colorado College head coach, they had his weekly press conference up there, Coach Mike mm-hmm. Havilan, and I watched that this week. It was really interesting, really informative. I learned a lot about the team. I kind of got some insights into his philosophy, and it was terrific. Yeah. You know, they didn't... They, they, the way that they did it was they didn't show it live, but they showed all of his answers to all the questions. They summarized the questions with a graphic and it was great to listen to him. And then, uh, St. Cloud coach, Brett Larson does, um, he does a, a, a deal, um, at St. Cloud where he breaks down game film. Somebody sits down with him and he breaks down game film and they record him mm-hmm. talking about the plays and how they were set up and the philosophy and what they could have done different. And it was just, it was fascinating to listen yeah, to. Yeah, I love it, those things. Yeah, I yeah. love those things too. They used to do those like with Hockey 101s back right. in the day where the coaches, UNO coaches would come and break down films. So I, I'd like to see more of that. But I 
I think it, my personal opinion is, I think since UNO broadcasts all of these games, the basketball, the volleyball, et cetera, I would love for them to continue broadcasting live the weekly media availability because I found it real, to be really useful. Yeah, and we'll blend in a little bit of our, our tangent earlier when we talk about our conference and stuff. But uh, you know, we talked in that conference and heard people talk about developing fans and how you you know make people just fanatic about whatever your product is and it's easy with this because there are you already have a base of people who like us are huge fans of you and Maverick hockey and what you need to do is build that base like expand right. that out and you do that twofold you number one make sure you don't lose the fans that you have which we've talked about things like the the season ticket holders of the um of the game and you know Skate season with ticket the holder yeah some of the, the other the events that of, they do appreciation nights to give some face time to the fans yeah that's and, an important yeah. thing yeah and the, the pickup event, I think, sure. is a great thing where it's like, hey, if you have season tickets, this is something you can come to. This is, you know, chance for you to meet the teams and rub elbows and joke with them. And they're such good people. And, and just that, I think, getting them out there and getting other people then to realize, like, hey, there's a, this is a, a good club to be part of. And you can be part of this club. And all you have to do is purchase tickets to something yeah. you want to see anyways. I mean... I just think that it'd be good for them with the press conferences to to really build their brand and and, and further develop that connection between the university yeah. and the fan directly and not feel like the only way for the university to connect with their fan is through some other market. Through some gatekeeper or something. Yeah. And, and here's here's the reason why I think that that's important. It's not, I, it's not that I just think it's important. It is important. There's, you know, for example, if you're the local newspaper in a given town where a college hockey team is, okay, yep. that newspaper is going to provide their coverage on right. their website, but they're not going to provide the coverage from the local TV station on the newspaper's website. Unless they happen to be owned by the same parent company, you're not going to see that. So for example, here in Omaha, the Omaha World Herald isn't going to share a story that KETV does and vice versa. Right. You know, the two are into creating their own exclusive content. What I love about UNO creating their own content and sharing it is that anybody out there, a fan, a media outlet, whatever, can share that content. Right. And so one of the things that I've tried to do in the news section on mavpuck.com is take articles from all over the internet, whether it's the NCHC website, they just did a terrific profile of UNO's rookie class, mm -hmm. which is a great article. If you haven't read it, you can go to the news section on mappuck.com and find it. Paige Shacklett, who uh, is the uh, marketing and communications director for the NCHC, wrote it. Terrific article. So I have that there. There have been articles on college hockey news. There are articles on, there are stories on the right. local news station. And I'll try to share as many of those as I can because it's a great way for fans who maybe don't follow all those different sor sources to find those in one concise place, this right. kind of curated section where they can find all those stories. And so the more 
you know, channels that you can get your stuff out, the better. And whether that's legacy media like TV stations and newspaper and radio stations, or whether it's fan sites like mavpuck.com, you have to cultivate all of those things in the year 2019. Right. And like you mentioned with technology, it, it, there's so much out there for technology. It's right. not that hard to do it yourself if you feel like it's valuable. So not at all. So I hope the live I news hope conferences back. come back. Yeah. I would love to see live post game news conferences too, because I'd love to hear yeah. what the coaches and the players have to say after the game. Maybe we'll get lucky and they'll sprinkle in some intermission interviews. Yeah, I'd love those intermission interviews too. I think that's a great idea as yeah. they're as they're leaving the ice, get their impression. Especially if there's, you know, been just some horrible calls on our team and everybody's pissed off with the officials. I want to hear that. I want to see what the coaches have to say. <laughs> I, grab, the, grab the player that just got the 10-minute mis- game, yeah. game misconduct because he has nothing else to do for and the get his, Yeah. Get... <laughs> <laughs> what Mike, could go wrong there? Mike him up in the penalty box. Yeah. <laughs> so speaking of, of articles and stuff, I had read an article uh, on USCHO that talked about the panic button and which teams should be pressing the panic button and which teams have nothing to panic about. Uh, And part of the reason why I read it is because I wanted to see if, if Yuna was in there (laughs) in any way. Uh, But it was interesting because there were a few there were a few teams that they talked about maybe not hitting the panic button yet, but you're going to have to be cautious. And that was going into this weekend. It was before the weekend games. And so with the the results from the weekend, I think we should probably talk about the state of NCHC hockey and the teams that you know we're going to see a lot here in the second half of the season. So what do you think about... Well, let's start with the the obvious story from okay. NCHCA, which I think is Denver. Right. You know, a lot of people knew that they were going to be good. I don't know very many people who thought they'd have a start the way that they've done and it's gone crazy. Undefeated. Did you think they'd be eight and zero at this point? I thought they'd be six and two. That's kind of where I thought they'd be eight. Games and you look in. at them; they start off the season on the road at Alaska Fairbanks. Which, like we said with Anchorage, it's not an easy place to go. And that's not an easy series to start your season with. Right. Then you go play at Lake Superior State, which again, Lake Superior State wasn't what they were in the late 80s and early 90s. Still, that's a tough place to go up there and play. Yeah, and I think most people looked at those going, they're good warm-ups for Denver. You know, no one really expected them to be barometers for the team. Then you get Boston College. But then you get Boston College at home. And you're saying, okay, well, they're at home, so... That's where I thought, okay, you're probably going to split because you're at home. Look, you BC's know BC, every on. year they're going to they're gonna get good recruits. Right. Even if it doesn't show in the standings, you know they have a lot of talent on that team. Right. And I watched some of that series on NCHC TV, and man, Denver looked good. Yeah, Denver looks good. And they walked away, and they got a shutout on that Friday night, which I think shocked a lot of people because goaltending was something they talked about with Denver. Where does the goaltending right. kind of sit, and, and how does that come? And then um, this last weekend, they beat Niagara, an, an mm-hmm. Atlantic hockey team. Not, you know, not obviously considering a perennial powerhouse, but 
that's the one though that I think a lot of people worried about it being that letdown series. Like you just had a you know a tough hard fought series against Boston College, and now you've got a little bit of a let up, and sometimes they let up too much. Yeah, um, but you're so, looking at a team that has three shutouts so far this season. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm telling you what, they're looking good so far. So they have their next series now starting their NCHC play. They have to go to Duluth, and so this is one of those like it gets serious because yeah. the next team we should probably then talk about is their opponent in Duluth and a lot of us had picked Duluth as the top team in the conference yep and they that don't was look me. like I picked it. them to repeat as national champions right and they've struggled a little bit the, the series that I think you and I would point to is when they went on the road to Wisconsin and right. it didn't go the way that we thought it was going to go uh it, at all they got walloped on Friday. So right now they're kind of an unspectacular three and three. But again, when you've had as much success that, as they've had in the regular season and the postseason the last few seasons, you do wonder if it's kind of hard for that team to get up in October and November. That's a team I do wonder if they'll flip a switch when January comes. I mean, again, they you know you, if they look like a disaster between now and the first of the year, then no, but... If they continue, you know, just kind of hovering right there around 500, give or take a couple games, the question is, will they be able to turn it on the second half? I still right. think they will, but we'll just have to see the next few weeks. The Denver series will be interesting because it's going to be tough for them, but I think that this home-and-home home that they have with Minnesota uh, could have been the switch for them, you know, to to play so well at Minnesota and get the 5-2 win then go home and shut them out. I think I, I have a feeling that that is the game that will turn their season around. Uh, but now you have to have Denver in there. And so what does that do to your psyche? If you, especially if Denver comes in and beats you twice, I mean, that could be really tough on that team. Um, you know, you're, they're sitting at a 500 record right now. So are they going to be okay at four and four? I don't know. Yeah, I'm just hoping that Duluth doesn't decide to, you know, kind of make their rebound um, December 6th and 7th at Baxter Arena because. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, St. Cloud's the next team I think we should talk about. Sound good? Yeah, absolutely. I love their record right now because it's one, two, three, and that's just hilarious. And I like, I'm kind of one of those, you know, I get gas in my car and it has to end in a zero because I'm, I'm weird. What can I say? Oh, thank you for that. Uh, hey, Mr. we're on Mr. tangents. O- Mr. OCD there. I, yeah, uh... <laughs> yeah so, St. Saint Cloud has surprised me this season. They so got far. their first win against Princeton. <laughs> we're, we're this far into the season before they get their first yeah, win. Yeah, I tune in on NCHC TV on Friday night and mm-hmm. they're losing to Princeton. And the, you know, the ECAC teams start playing hockey a little bit later than the rest of college hockey. So I honestly, I don't know what Princeton has at this point, but I was kind of surprised to see them come into St. Cloud and win. But this has been a tough one. I mean, they they tied two games uh, in October against Bemidji State. Then they split against Northeastern. It's, yeah, 
It hasn't been particularly spectacular at this point. Right. I think I, I think I said that wrong, but I was meaning to say that they got their first win before seeing Princeton, not at Princeton. Uh, but yeah, that Princeton you series. Totally, I mean, you're totally going to get dinged on that now. Probably. So, yeah. yeah. Whatever. Yeah, this, this, this happens to us all the time. They're gonna. They're gonna. They're gonna be so focused on the fact that I picked Weiss as the player of the game. So yeah, yeah they whatever. lose and they tie against Princeton. Well, and the the fact that the tie was five five, like I know, right? Oh my gosh! It wasn't like defense. a one one defensive battle there, and then they got to right. go, and then they've got to go on the road this week to Northern Michigan. That's going to be a tough series up there. Mar- Bridget and I've been to Marquette three times back during UNO and the CCHA days. That's mm-hmm. a tough place to go in and play. Yeah. And then you've got an NCHC series. Then Colorado so. College comes in. So, again, you just don't know what what's going to happen. Right now, it, it it could make for a very interesting season in the NCHC if things kind of stay this way over the course of the next couple months. Right. Because we like to talk about my pick of UNO finishing fifth in the NCHC. <laughs> I mean, right now, if I look at the conference outside of Denver, which is a team we've struggled with for years, I think there's an opportunity for UNO to have success. Again, we haven't seen UNO against the NCHC foes. You know, one of the series that's got me a little bit worried about what could happen to UNO was when Western Michigan rolls into Colorado College this last weekend. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> that was a series, you know, Colorado College has made strides the last couple of seasons. And you're thinking this is in Colorado Springs, could be tough for Western. Uh, and Western, yeah, a program on the rise and you have to go yeah. to their building. And Western Michigan came in and rolled. It looked like early on in that game, it looked like Colorado College might win. And then Western just, you know, lit them up as the game went along. Yeah. And that, I think, showed what Western Michigan can be. But like I said in that first podcast, the funny thing about Western Michigan is the better they seem to do in the regular season, the worse they seem to do in the postseason. So they, you know what they under Andy Murray, they have not had a lot of postseason success. I mean, they've gotten to the NCAA tournament, but they just haven't looked particularly impressive in right. the postseason. So that's kind of one of the the sort of the you know asterisks on that team. So it'll be interesting to see. We, I mean, look, UNO, despite the fact that they struggled mightily last season, had success against Western. So you never know. I'm I'm. Regardless, I'm. I mean, I'm excited at our prospects because I think if you know if, if the conference is a little bit down this season, yeah. I think it opens the door for a team like UNO with a lot of young players to have success. I think Miami is what I expected Miami to be. I'm not really surprised by anything no. with Miami at this point in time. Uh, they've they've got a couple wins, but yep. you know nothing that I look at going. Oh, that's you know. And I think I had said in the first Anything podcast, I thought look. they might be a bit more competitive now that yeah. the, the cloud of the head coach, you know, is is Blasey going to stay as he's not. And so right. they've replaced him now. They've got a new head coach. And I think that that's a situation yeah. where they not having that distraction. And might. They got, they got the shutout at, was it Colgate, I think? I don't know. I have not been following them. Yeah, they shut out Colgate. A week ago. That's on the road? Um, on the road at Colgate. Oh, that's a good win. So, so, yeah, I think that 
you know, they're they're a competitive team, which is what I expected. They're just they're just not a team that I look at going. They're going to run the tables on a league. Yeah, they split it. They split. They split against Ferris State. They got a loss and a tie against New Hampshire. Mm-hmm. And they lost against Bowling Green. Which, so none of those are like stellar teams. I mean, so they're just and, competitive. And then they're, then they're and... at North Dakota this upcoming weekend. So again, now that we're now that we're starting, UNO doesn't quite start conference play yet. But now that we're starting to get into conference play, I think the picture is going to become a little clearer because that's right. when. That's when everybody gets serious. Yeah. So North Dakota, 5-1-1, one, and one, I must say looks better than I expected them to be. I can't remember. I believe I picked them to finish. I picked them either third or fourth in the conference. But I, I thought that they would be better this season just because you look at the resources that that program has, and I just don't think they can be down forever. Yeah. The Mankato series is the one that really kind of turned it. I didn't, I wasn't as kinesis. I, yeah, I didn't really put a whole lot of stock into that opening series. But, you know, when they went to Mankato and played pretty well up there, I thought, no, this well, might and Man- be. Well, Mankato is another one of those kind of enigma teams where Mankato has success against some of these top conference teams during the regular season. And then in the postseason, uh, they look like a paper tiger. Yeah. Well, that Saturday game, I thought, I felt at least that North Dakota was a better team. And I think that if North Dakota was at home, they would have won that game. Instead, they lost 2-1 and it was it was close. And so I think that I think they're looking looking pretty good. Um, We'll see. They need a sweep of Miami. I think if they split against Miami, that might be a oh yeah. If anything other than a sweep, a I'm going to start to scratch my head about it. So that'll be to start to wonder if they didn't just fluke out a couple games early in the season. I'll so. tell you what, if they split against Miami, I may have to revise my fifth place pick for UNO and start to you know move well, them up the. And it doesn't get any better because then they have to go to Denver, so they're going to have a slate here that they've got. They've got to they've got to bring it on and, and they go to Denver and then they have St. Cloud, mm-hmm. yeah. Then Minnesota. Then they go to Western. So, so yeah, give them the month absolutely. of November and we'll we'll really see where North yeah. Dakota actually is. Oh yeah, I think at the end of the month. Oh yeah, the the tea leaves will start to kind of clear up a little bit when Christmas rolls yeah. around. Yeah, we're gonna know a lot. So we'll wrap up the panic, but I don't think UNO needs to panic. Uh, I think we're better than I thought we would be, considering who we had to play. Yep. And now we've got to deal with Wisconsin. So thoughts on the upcoming series this weekend with Wisconsin? Got to deal with the Badgers coming in. I think the big question is, can we confine Caulfield? This is going to be an interesting series. I He is a scoring machine right now. Right. The one thing that I'm going to say about Mike Gabinet's teams mm-hmm. so far, and we've only had two seasons, and it's early, and he was you know, not dealing with his guys and his recruits really in a significant way until this season. Mm-hmm. I look at the fact that his first season here, UNO won 17 games overall. His first season as head coach. 12 of those wins were at Baxter Arena. Last season, we won nine games. Seven of those wins were at Baxter Arena. Mm-hmm. For whatever reason, Coach Gabinet's teams seem to play tough at home. Play our best hockey in our yep. building. That Yeah. 
Wisconsin has had some impressive wins and that sweep that we talked about a little bit ago against Duluth yeah. in October. That was a big series for them. That was a big statement series. They haven't been the perfect team, though, and that's that I think is the thing I'd say. They're 500 right now. They're 4-4 four and four overall. I know they were your pick to win the national championship. They weren't my pick, but... So this is a big one for you. It's a big one for you, buddy. This is a big one. (laughs) A big one for you. So you're wondering, you're wondering how I'm going with this series. What Uh, am I picking with this series? I'm just going to be bold. I'm going to say we sweep the Badgers off the ice this weekend. Okay. This is time for the UNO hockey team to make a statement. That because would be here's, a pretty here's big the thing. statement. I'm tired of reading stuff on Twitter about how it's going to take five and a half years or whatever the ridiculously long number is to turn this team around. You know, they can have success now. They've proven that they can play against top competition. It's time to make a statement before the NCHC season. I mean, that'll make things tougher because everybody's going to come in after that and give us their best game because they're going to be like, well, damn, we got to take can't. these guys seriously. This but it's time. You're 4-1-1 and one right now. Let's make it 6-1-1. One and one. Let's start off. Let's start off this, this run to fifth place in the conference the right way. <laughs> and again, people Although are always... these points don't really help us. Okay, people are already talking about but, yeah. pairwise rankings too, which is just driving oh God, me nuts don't. and i just want to rant because it, it it doesn't matter until march but never mind you don't have comparatives this you, yeah. you can't there, the there aren't enough work. there aren't enough comparisons yeah the math no, doesn't work well. it doesn't work yeah it's 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 irrelevant at this point so we've just got to keep winning these non-conference games cuz that's going to help us significantly when the end of the season rolls around look we had success against another good big 10 team in ohio state a couple weeks ago I'm going to say we sweep. I am not going to follow your lead on that one. I'm debating where I'm going to go with this. I think, oddly enough, I will say, I think that we stood a better chance of getting out with a win this weekend if Wisconsin didn't lose both games especially the way they lost one of those games in Penn State. Right. So they got swept in Happy Valley. Yeah, I mean and they were on the road. So they're on the road. And I will say that Penn State team under Guy Gadowski has been a very good team since they made the jump. Yeah. to Division 1 hockey. I You're right. But because that's that's part of the problem. I, I see what you're saying. I see what it's you're saying. It's a 6-1 loss on Friday that I think just kind of I have a feeling that that's going to fester with them you just think that that team's gonna be pissed off right and that's that's the problem when you're dealing with an angry team coming in and the angry team that's coming in isn't just an angry team it's an angry team with arguably the best goal scorer in college hockey right now and arguably maybe if not top easily top three setup artists and Wisconsin's had luck a lot this season with the two of them on the same line. And so for me, it comes down to, okay, if you can contain Caulfield, you'll probably have a good chance at skating away with something points 
in some way a tie, a win, or a sweep if you're really, really lucky. <laughs> I, I don't know that we, I don't know where it comes from for us. I mean, Seville's the, he's the wild card in the bunch because I feel for like me, he's it's, got the ability it's great, just to it's steal great, it. It's great playing net by Seville. It has to be, right? And it's the team going out and playing their game. They're going to, it's, they, they can't play the kind of, you know, they can't have a sloppy period here or there like they did at Anchorage and have success. They can't take stupid penalties. They've, they've got to play because a full 60 minutes. Penalty, they cannot take Cofield those. No, and they, and they had that problem at Ohio State, and they had mm-hmm. that problem some this weekend at yeah. Anchorage. So they've, they've, got, to, they've I mean, got to play smart the hockey. They've got to plays, stay out of the box. The penalties killed us on Friday night at Ohio State. We, go out of, we come out of Ohio State with a pair of wins if it wasn't for those penalties. And the penalty Absolutely. Killed. And, you know, it was better on Saturday, and that's the reason why we were able to skate away. And I just think that... This is the toughest test that UNO has faced this season. I, I think, think we this would is the both best agree. Yeah, yeah. You, but we would both agree about that. So this is the time for UNO to decide. Do, do you want to be miserable like you were last season? Because they seem miserable. Again, those live press conferences that we got to watch, they right. seem miserable in each one of them that was broadcast live on Periscope throughout the season. So this is this is a big like emotional gut check for the team. They've got to decide. Do you want to make a statement and show you're going to be one of the best teams and one of the most competitive teams in college hockey this season? Or are you going to are you going to lay down right. like you did against Notre Dame last season early in the season where you got rolled over by that team? Everyone says we're not going to win this and you know we get it in our head that we're not going to win this or are you going to say like everyone says we're not going to win this they don't believe in us. We're going to show them yep who we really are. I, that's the hard part. Like, you don't know. You don't know how they're going to come out, right? I, I think I'll say I won't go full pessimist. And okay. I'll say that we split. Okay. Again, well, you know, which we talked about you, Which game would you see us splitting? I think It's that, a coin toss, probably. Yeah. I. My hope is, is that we're competitive both nights and we just, you know, we find a way to win one and we, we just unfortunately lose one. Um... I, I hope that I hope that we don't get blown out one night. That that's a big fear for me is that this team has potential to light up a goaltender, and I hate and we, to see that happen. We, to we someone. haven't seen because they haven't had a bad loss this season. We haven't seen how this team will be impacted. From, yeah, yeah. So that'll be so be very interesting concerns. to see. Yeah, those are concerns definitely I have. concerns. Yeah, but I think that our team is strong enough that you know maybe a four two loss or a four one loss or something on Friday, and then we squeak out like a three two three one win on Saturday is what I would think. I just don't think that. I don't think that Wisconsin coming in, having watched and know, I guarantee you they know what happened when we went to Ohio State. Yeah. They know how we play. They know how we compete with a Big Ten style of hockey. Um, They know what Ohio State is very well. So Sure, and I'm sure that they know know if if they can get into our heads, we do have a tendency to take stupid penalties. So we've got to be careful about taking those dumb emotional penalties. And, And they know what... College hockey, like at any level, these the coaches are good, the players are talented, they yeah. do their homework. Yep. I just don't think that after the after the series that we're gonna get we're not gonna surprise Wisconsin. They're not gonna be like, Who are these guys that we're, you know, all no. of a sudden losing to? So 
it's going to take a strong effort to find a win. Sure. And it's going to take a really strong effort to find two. Um, I think Seville is going to be key this weekend. He's got to be. I would completely agree with that. His game. And I think it'll be a question. Do we see Roden or not? And I think it, like I said, uh, coming it, it into probably the de- series, it probably depends on what happens in that Friday. Depends game on what happens in sure. that Friday game, right? Yeah, d- depending on what the the narrative is and what the outcome is of that game, we could see him Saturday, or we'll see Seville both nights. You just never know. But, or you try to surprise Wisconsin and you throw Roden in on Friday. No, you know what? I saw UNO do that years and years ago. I'm trying to remember. It was a, one of the goaltenders up there. At, at, they, they tried to start him on the road at Northern Michigan, and he got you know shellacked the first half of the first period, and it was the most uncomfortable thing that I think I've ever seen. And I know sometimes they do that where it's, oh, we're on the road. Let's put the new guy in against a tough opponent. Let's see what happens. Let's it see if the team in blanks. Yeah, it, it did. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. North Dakota, well you, could, you could put him in. Yeah, absolutely. I think it depends I, on what kind of player you have. And that's why I think Roden's a good, I think he's mentally prepared. He's a good, he's a good solid goaltender. Goal in the BCHL, could, he faced a lot of shots. I feel comfortable I putting him in there. Now, the question is, is he faces a lot of shots. Does he face Cole Caulfield style shots? Well, that's but, true. I feel like Mike Gavinette's a very careful guy, so I don't think he would. I don't think he'd pull he one of those seem, ultra. He doesn't, he doesn't seem, seem like, like one of those ultra clever, you know, personnel move kind of guy. So, I'm calling. I'm calling the sweep. I believe in you, Mavs. Jason may not believe in you, but I believe in you. You guys can get the sweep. Wow. You got to get it done this weekend. Let's make a statement. The fact of the matter is, the Mavs played 34 regular season games last season, and they won nine, and it was. Not fun for the players, the coaches, or the fans. So let's make this fun. Let's let's uh, let's launch into the conference season that's coming up here on a on a strong note against a good Big Ten team. Let's get it done. Let's get the sweep at home. Let's take these guys down. Let's be six one and one after this weekend. That'd be pretty impressive. That absolutely would. So, until next time, follow Matt Puck on Twitter. Follow us on Facebook. Sign up for an account on the MadPuck.com website. Check out the news section, which I talked about many times tonight on the MadPuck website. I put lots of fun articles. I try to round up as many as I can, cast a wide net. All kinds of things that you might be interested in as a Maverick fan. Give you a chance to learn. And if you haven't yet, check out the last episode of the bye week. A yeah. really interesting interview with Dan Bailey. He came on the podcast and talked to us about playing college hockey and playing at Baxter when yeah, Air Force came here. He played for Air Force so. Academy and he gave us some really interesting insights yeah. into what it's like to play at a service academy. And I learned a lot in that podcast. It was a terrific podcast. One of the favorite ones we did. I think it just illustrates that we should get to interview more people. We, we will have to see and what we can do about that. We're going to continue working that. So until next time, go Mavs. Go Mavs. Thank you.